Hello everybody, welcome to the 12th episode of the HSBG podcast. I'm your host, Educate Cons, and I'm here with my constant co-host, Shady Bunny. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, I hope you're doing well as well, Cons. It's good to be yeah, here. Yeah, I've, I've been doing good. Uh, a lot of, uh, I don't know, it's been, a, it's been an interesting week for a lot of people. I mean, it, it always is. The weeks have been interesting generally uh since since 2020 so <laughs> you know, just another one of those but uh as we always do we've got our battlegrounds weekly overview um i don't think uh too much has changed in terms of like patches there hasn't been any like micro adjustments or anything like that but we've just been playing a little bit um doing things like that i'm pretty sore this week, but I don't think that's like relevant. But you know, just gonna say, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping things go better. But generally, for battlegrounds, I've been playing uh, decently. I haven't really noticed any any crazy changes. I've been winning with um, weirder comps, but I think that's just a me thing. Like the more I play, the weirder my comps become. So what would be a weird comp? I won with bombs. Uh, like a kaboom <laughs> kaboom kanger baron bombs that was like i was just like huh i won <laughs> this this is a surprise also winning with like weird heroes like curator and like you know um those type of like you know not the not the hyper leveling heroes just like yeah. stay on four maybe find some random composition and use that and then actually win so uh that kind of thing but but generally, it's been fun. I've had a had a had a good time. What about you, Shady? For me, it's just been great. It feels like um something clicked. Like I thought I was just getting lucky the first day, right? So, I I got the 10k on EU, and then I started playing on an A, and then I went from nine to nine and a half in one day, and then from nine and a half to ten in the other day, and now I'm ten and a half, and it's just it's just going stonks straight up, and. Yeah, um, I might. I was might just be four days of luck in a row, right? It's all possible. Yeah, we take those. You know, we take those. Okay? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's it's been comfort and being uh, aggressive, I suppose, and playing for the win, which means taking a bit more risks, a um, bit more reliant on pairs to try to get triples. With a good mix of oh, this is a game where I probably the odds aren't very good for me to win. Let me just play my regular good tier four style and then taking seconds and stuff in those games so overall it's been really good obviously get bad games here and there but that always happens yeah, so yeah excited to just talk about the meta today it's been good yeah we, i mean we could talk about it now right i mean i don't have any sure. like, particular topics for the meta in general but we were talking about it like before the the start of the podcast where you're doing a little bit more uh tier six minions tier six compositions and stuff like yeah. that right and but you you do know when to play it safe right and i was i was remarking how i do the similar thing but in the opposite trajectory where i'm always playing tier six but there are some games where i'm like ah you know what let me just roll it down let me play safe right where you're like ah let me go safe and then you're like ah i can kill them i can i can pop off here let me go to six where i'm like i'm at six i'm like ah you know what maybe not a six game let's let's roll it down to four <laughs> so we're kind of doing the same uh 
game plan but from a different mindset where i'm more you know six and then maybe down you're like four and then maybe up so i i find that fascinating personally it's well the core principle is the same i suppose where you might just be on the you pop off a little bit more and you bottom out a little bit more and i you know bottom out a little bit less and i pop off a little bit less yeah it's all about finding the right ratio there right right balance for sure yeah I had one day where I think it was just my heroes being really good. Where I think I had one taunt comp game all day, like eight hours or nine hours. I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I have one day where my heroes are really bad, and I'm just like, "All day taunt comp." <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? Right? Yeah, yeah it, it, that happens, right? The frequency at which you're stuck on tier four is like, okay, my heroes are this or that, for sure. Yeah, it's it's been. I I think one of the turning points for me has been. Uh, well, the pair gaming we're going to talk about later in the podcast, mm-hmm. right? Right, yeah. So I'd say just identifying how strong I am, how strong my opponents are, because it's been a lot of the time that I that I went to five and let's say I pulled a coiler or something like that from a triple mm-hmm. or even the flat tusk sometimes where I just look at my opponent and I'm like, huh, that's a patchwork on four with no triples. All right, six, right? Because I'm, I'm thinking, how strong can he be, right? He's patchwork on four with no triples, right? <laughs> and yeah, but before, before all you see, like when you don't have, I feel like now I'm able to step back, look at the situation and say, oh, it's so obvious, right? But then sometimes when, when you're, or I guess most of the times when you're learning, you're in the game, all you see is, oh shit, I went to five. I've got six units on my board. There's no way I can go to six, right? I'm going to take a bunch of damage. And you just get scared for no reason. So I feel like that's been a lot better for me where I can really just scan my opponents and say, how bad can it be, right? And then sometimes you get surprised. (laughs) (laughs) It's usually Kiraji Harbinger, right? Like, look at someone, tier four, no triples. How bad can it be? And it's like, how does the 20 damage annoy a model with two arms behind it? Yeah, it's pretty bad. I ask myself, how bad can it be all the time? (laughs) <laughs> I know. I know when it's like, yeah, you know, there's no way he has nothing, anything. Yeah. And then I'm just like, what is the scam comp? Random yeah. gas curler, random boat is the only thing they have. And I'm like, oh, that's 20 damage. Oh my God, I'm dead. I could, you know, so I, I know the life. But, you know, I, if one thing I would notice is if I was like paying more attention and realizing, oh, they got a triple, they leveled, got a triple that turn, da 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 da, maybe I should be a little bit scared. But by that time, I've already leveled. (laughs) (laughs) I've already committed. (laughs) So I can't change my game plan. But like if I saw it earlier or something like that, then I could be like, okay, this this is not a good idea. But uh, normally, if you are paying attention and you are being aware and alert and being able to react if they do, if they you do see them get a triple or you look at their yeah. damage profile or something like that, then usually, usually the time it's fine and you're six and you can really pop out from there. So I do agree. Yeah, we talked about it a bit earlier where a lot of the time, so so for anyone who's you know been living under a rock or not really played a lot, uh, the meta for the most part, right, the end game is get a flat dust, get an agam, play menagerie, get huge minions, right? That's what I, I guess half my winning boards would look like, if not more. They're just straight up flat us him because it's so strong. So uh, a lot of your game plan is let me get a triple into flat tusk and then I'll see. And what flat tusk does is because you get gems for spending gold, if you have a decent gem target on your board, say an ideal situation would be I have a ground shaker on my board and I tripled into a flat tusk, 
you can go to six to turn after, get the gems for spending the gold on leveling, put the gems on the shaker, boom, free level six, right? So that, that's something I think why I'm on six more often is you are tripling into flat disc if you can. And once you have her, you get rewarded for leveling in that way, which is it's just kind of crazy. So I do expect the nerf because this this feels unfair, right? Where it feels like the moment I have a flat disc, and I don't have a good target, so I roll a bit on five. I hit an agam. Oh, GG. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's over. It's fine. You know, either the other guy has two agams or it's over. Right? It feels like or, your new Eliza. Just, uh, just yeah, like, it's, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, that's fair. You know, but Eliza's still in, so you can still just do Eliza as well. So, just yeah, like, um, and, and she's still. So, what Eliza then does is. Oh, I'm strong regardless. Oh, I can push six as well, right? So she's. <laughs> oh, I've got Eliza and a Skelly. That's an easy six. Right? Yeah, so that's yeah. been, that's been happening more. Where I have been playing a bit more with Rag and Kelly, but it's been oh, let me get strong. Let me then get the six, and oh, hey, two Kellys, right? So that's how it's been happening. Because I feel like if you triple into the Kelly, you're not pushing six anytime soon, unless you know. Your board was just phenomenal and you just got lucky uh, you tripled into an adina or whatever you're really strong yeah it feels like most of the time like oh i tripled into kelly let me now try and minimize the damage i'm going to be taking because i'm going to be buying dragons and battle crest so it's been feeling far more productive to say oh let me just grab two gas coilers for instance then let me level to six and then let me just grab all the goodies and then you know uh, especially when murlocs are in i think six is way more important because primal fin pulls amalgadon and that's such a huge deal yeah, and in terms of Kelly, I feel like if you there's either two ways you can really do Kelly well, right? One is if you get it super early, right? Like turn six, right? Like you have, you know, then you have a Kelly, then yeah, you could do it, right? You're a tier five on, you know, have a Kelly shirt, whatever. Other is if you have a full, like, like four or five dragons already, right? And you, you yeah. add a Kelly and then you're good to go, right? But if it's like turn, even sometimes seven, sometimes eight, Right, you get the Kelly, you don't have any dragons, right? Other people also get sixes and but those but those sixes spike like crazy, right? Yeah. So you end up fighting someone who has like an Eliza, you end up fighting someone who's a captain flat toss aga, and you're taking twenty, and then you don't have time to scale, right? You ha there has to be a dead person or something. And even then, right, you're scaling just as fast as them. They're not you're not outscaling them, right? That's the that's the one thing, right? That's what Caligos used to have. Um that couldn't no, nothing could compete with it right you you outscaled everyone if you had a kelly goes but nowadays you know even light fang it's like yeah you know i could compete with you right you need the kelly goes and you need the nadina right or you need, like a, need double kelly right or early, right? double kelly yeah. kelly nadina or kelly super early right some some form of that where you can you you spike before them right but if you're playing a fair game they have a six you have a six Yours is a Kelly. You don't have a bunch of immediate dragons to support you. They have an Eliza. They have a Flat Tusk. They have a Charles. You know, even a Malgadon sometimes just like, you know, Gas Crawler. I've seen it. Right? It just blows you up. And then you're, you take one bad loss and then you're, you're done. Right? You can't play risky. Right? You can't level. You can't do any, any of those, those plays that you can normally do when you have a Kelly. So that's, that's my issue with Kelly at the moment. But it's not bad. You know, minions. yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel the same way. Where sometimes, you know, you, uh, I guess maybe you've been playing my Ev, and you have this wealth pair, and maybe the two three pair. Like, let's just go crazy, right? You have like four dragons on your board, you triple it. Then sure, right? You just get started. That's what I'm so talking most, about. 
yeah right yeah but most of the time it's just like well I don't even want this. Like sometimes you take it right when you say, well, yeah. a four call yeah. is about as good as it yeah. is. So there, I mean, I agree. There are some s- situations like it's the best of the bunch. Right. And then I somehow like lose one game. I'm like single digit and that, and I can make it from there. And I'm like, okay, that was a, that was a breather, but we got there. We won the game, you know, but a lot of times it's like, ah! <laughs> I'm going to die. And it does. So, uh, you, 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 it's it's there's a little bit of careful. Yeah, it's not an insta pick as it used to be uh, when it came out. But yeah, I think that's a good discussion. We'll probably talk more about the meta as we go on. But you know, I think that was a pretty interesting a start. We will be talking about a card, a minion. Yes, that's next in the list. Uh, Thorn caller. I think we talked about this card a little bit last week. But we didn't have like um like a clear discussion about the card, right? It's a card that initially when it came out, I thought it would be like okay, like I like I didn't give it much thought. I guess is is how I'd put it's it. Not right? a fancy card, right? Yeah. It's not something that pops out. And be like, oh man, this thing is a problem or something. Yeah, you're like, well, okay, sure, I guess that's worth it. Yeah, uh, especially with the like all the other cards that um ended up getting nerfed right over time right like the bonkers and stuff like that that was what we were spending our time on right but this one you know got under the radar it was like oh you get a blood gem whatever you get a blood gem da, da, da. right but there's actually been it, it's i think it's it's better than um you know initially i guess in my initial um analysis of the card just because it has synergies too and it opens up lines as well right so the yeah. the, the two reasons that Right, if you have a thorn caller, right, you can pick up um, the three three uh, that brew, gets yeah. yeah the brew. You can pick up so, um, some random stuff. I like I've picked it up with a uh, with earth shaker, ground shaker, whatever the card is, and just like okay, whatever, it 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 works. Right, I get plus two plus two. Right, I'm not like thinking too hard. It's just a piece. Um, another thing I I I've I've done is like death rattle. The death rattle synergy comes in place sometimes where I have a macaw and I have a thorn collar. I'm just like, Oh, this is, you're this is here. This. Your guy goes twice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also reborn. How many times have I ran Lich King and just see <laughs> this guy and be like, I'll take yes. it. I, I, 100%. <laughs> so and it's, it's just so like, good for shaker comfort. Right? You yeah. just have a golden thorn collar. That's four gems a turn. It's yeah. It's, yeah. it's actually quite, quite powerful. So I've, I've really been, uh, pleasantly surprised, but enjoying the card. It doesn't feel like I'm cheating, you know. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. It's like, oh, golden bonker. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've, I've been happy with uh, playing with this card. The battle cry as well. Sometimes you have a brand, you know, like, yeah, whatever. I'll take two. Right. It's not. It, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't think the battle cry comes in play as much as the death roll. Funny enough, but it does happen sometimes. When I'm it's like, like late game usually, right? When you're just yeah. like trying to get a little bit of extra gems for your shake, or yeah. I'll buy it and sell it, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, most of the time it's a death rattle that matters. Yeah, so that's that's been my experience. I I think it's a lot better um, that I pick up. And I, I when Shady mentioned it last week, experiment with Thorn Collar. I was like, you know what? I will do that too. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I've been uh, I've been happy with it. So I, I wanted to talk about it this week. For sure. No, I think it's a great card and a great moment to talk about the card because I don't see it on my opponent's boards very often and. I mean, obviously you see it sometimes, right? But it's 
for me, it's a snap buy on three, right? It's it's up there with like, oh, I'm getting a sensei and a mech or something because it's just, it carries the tier four um, experience for me. So when, when I'm on tier three and I see this, it's so big because I don't have to let anything go for it. Whereas if you are shopping for it on tier four, you have to say, oof, that's three gold I have to spend on this minion now. Um, which you will still do if you already have the shaker, but it's a bit questionable when you buy it before you get the shaker on tier four. Now, sometimes I'll still do it. It depends a bit on what my board looks like, but that's why it's such a relief if you can get it on tier three because you're spending very little resources because there's not much on tier three that you buy that's better than this card when it comes down, I would say, because you're already getting plus one, plus one on something if you have a reasonable target, like you mentioned. Brute would probably be the best. Bronze Warden is also insane. You can take it from a 2-1 to a 3-2. It suddenly trades a lot better. So I guess the, the main thing here is that this card doesn't need a lot of time to start earning its keep because it's immediately, oh, plus one, plus one for you. And I'm also a 4-3 body. Whereas a Sensei that comes in at a 2-2, right? And you need another mech. And this thing can just buff anything. Yeah. Very and then flexible. the real power. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Like if you have, yeah, and and, you know, even like I've I've had I've had games where I've had the perfect shaker setup where I have two of these and you never get the shaker and you're just like oh plus two plus two on my deflecto per turn, hey that's a sensei. <laughs> you're just like yeah okay that's fine like targeted sensei like you can't miss, so still okay. And then you know you triple it. A lot of the time you try to aim for a six right whenever I'm playing tier four because when you're playing around with this card, you're usually trying to get a shaker. When you have a shaker, you're usually trying to get a flat tusk. I mean, when are you not trying to get a flat tusk in this meta? <laughs> and yeah, it just it just ends up being good. So it's a very, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's a very functional pair. You don't have two of these on your board and you're like, oh crap, I got to triple them soon. I got to triple them soon. I got to triple them soon. Sure, you want to triple them and eventually you do have to or you have to sell one, but it's not like with some mugs you have on your board. It's not like with, um, I don't oh, know, some alley, some alley cats you have left, right? You're just happy to have this because they do work. So they're very they're very keepable, especially if you have a ground shaker. I, I think mugs and jugs are like my most faded pairs, <laughs> where I'm just like, ah, if I triple it, it's so good. It but while I'm holding, while I'm running, I'm just like, I took I took five extra here, <laughs> I took six <laughs> extra. <laughs> oh man, so yeah, it's definitely. Uh, but yeah, thorn call definitely a uh, uh, useful pair, useful card. It has a lot of properties, very flexible. Synergizes with a lot of cards that you can pick up freely on three and four, and uh, just uh, does a lot of work. So I do recommend uh, if you haven't played it, you don't like the card, try it again. See uh, how useful it is for you. Uh, next card we're talking about is Yasera. Uh, this one's pretty peculiar because uh, we've talked about a lot here. I want to, well, technically. Yeah. 11 <laughs> but it's actually more than that right <laughs> since there have been some times where we talk about multiple heroes we talked about a decent amount of heroes and they all seem to be on the like top tier strong side right we we it's harder to talk about like heroes that um don't get that much play right because even if you talk about it right it's like oh, i'm not really gonna play this hero right oh you know shutterwalk has some value it's like yeah. ah yeah i don't care collins <laughs> <laughs> who cares but you're not always gonna get the you know the best tier heroes it's not every game as i would know is reform hooked us omu you know jandis right that's not every lobby right you're gonna have some some struggle buses 
but you're gonna have to do play some heroes maybe you don't want to play you haven't practiced or you haven't seen in a while or no one else plays it right and there even though those you will see those heroes it doesn't mean those heroes are horrible right it just means that either they have like some consistency issues or they don't have a they don't scale early right some heroes uh pop off later right but then if you don't pop off you're dead right like cat isn't a bad hero right but if you don't if no one dies and you're the one to die you don't have a hero power same thing with like rag right if you don't if you die first or you die before it pops then what's the point right but it doesn't mean that heroes are bad they just have like some consistency issues that prevent them right i think if sarah um kind of falls in that ballpark where it's not a bad hero at all but um sometimes you're not gonna get the, the you know the, the triples you need the drags you need things like that to um make it make it there and sometimes you have like one shot or or you have like a a chance to get a triple into a six right if you don't hit the kelly ghost right your whole board is dragons you don't hit the kelly ghost so you're like well ah, i'm dead <laughs> you know i don't know what how to i don't know how to salvage this well, board you know? i tried right? yeah <laughs> so um there are some drawbacks to this hero but i think uh it's one of those like lower tier heroes that can actually win lobbies right that can actually end up be winning first place if you hit the right minions you get the right um triples and things like that so i i wanted to talk about well shady wanted to talk about it but i can also talk about it too <laughs> as well. but yeah you can go from here let me get some water yeah so so it's just been something that's been popping up where if if you've uh, seen recent episodes, you know that mechs are a big deal for me and they enable the, oh, I hit a bunch of bad heroes. Let me just get the tier four. Let me get a nice little module. Let me get an arm, a deflecto or some Kirajis or do something. And a lot of the time that something involves, let me get some mechs as well. So Ysera is my go-to hero in a pack where I have... Obviously, I missed on, you know, the Janus, the Rafan, the Omu, etc. And it's just like, oh, let me just play some tier four. Wait, mechs are out, kek wait, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, no. And then there's Ysera. And I started playing her again because I had some success with her before where she is very good at pair gaming. And the reason I started experimenting again with her is because I've been really big on pair gaming. We'll talk about that later. But the ability Sarah has is you roll a dragon guaranteed every time so you have a lot of control over making pairs like you can quasi guarantee two to three pairs going into tier four right where you say oh if i'm just gonna buy the dragons i'm bound to get two of the same at some point and that has made it very <clears throat> consistent for me to be able to triple into sixes as you mentioned and look for that caligos but even if you miss on the Kali, if you find an Eliza that suddenly packs a punch that can keep you alive for that next pair to triple, then you find the Kali and you're like, oh, cool. Now I'm both alive and I have a Kali ghost because a lot of the time you triple into Kali, you take a bunch of damage. So that's been good. So when I play Ysera, my main goal is to get two whelps early because they save a lot of health points. Two whelps, if you are pretty much just buying dragons, it's pretty unfair early. You're like, oh, cool, I have an arm of the Empire. Oh, five damage. <laughs> Sit down, arm. <laughs> nice tier three unit you have there. Just instantly gets sniped. And that only gets better as you buy more dragons. So usually what I my ideal start on Ysera would be a token and a whelp in the shop. So I can um, just buy the token, freeze, 
then the next turn level um level then the turn after that i'm gonna try to buy two whelps right because even if you freeze the dragon will still pop in the shop which is very consistent if you don't get a token and you don't get a whelp i usually just buy something let the shop go and then i just try to get two whelps as early as i can so usually you'll have a whelp pair and a glyph guardian pair because those are the good dragons right you usually don't want to have the two three dragon and you don't want to have the three three to steward so i guess i'll just go turn by turn a bit <laughs> it's not gonna take too long right go for it <laughs> right it's not gonna take too long right so we've covered like essentially on on five gold what you want on your board ideally is either two whelps and a token or a whelp a token and a two four if you didn't get the token let's just say two whelps or a whelp and a two four then if your shop was really good, you might still freeze a thing you want because you know a dragon's going to pop in the turn after. If not, you just let it go. Then on six gold, you buy probably whichever dragon pops in the shop and something that was in the shop, either another dragon that randomly got in there or a tog waggle, which is actually really good if you're just making dragons on your board. Or, you know, let's say I found a spawn or I found a random four three. Then <clears throat> same thing on seven gold. That one's pretty straightforward. You level and you buy a dragon. The juicy turn where I feel like I make the difference is on eight gold, because usually on eight gold, what I will be doing is I level, right? But on Ysera, I stay because that's the turn where I flesh out the pairs. That's where I get, if I've been really unlucky, that's where I get my second pair. If I've been hitting well, that's where I get a third pair. So I'll be rolling and I'll almost exclusively just been I'll, I'll almost exclusively be buying the dragons that pop in the shop. Like right. Like you get a lot right. of yeah, tier three, that's where you get the hang. So a hang pair happens. A hang pair happens, right? Obviously, well, not obviously, right? But some people might prefer a bronze warden pair. I don't know why, but yeah, crazy, right? So yeah, so tier three is where you get. I mean, Hank is on it. It's it's okay, right? Especially if you're winning with the whelp, so it's okay. Um, but the four four dragon, the emissary, especially if you've hit a bronze warden, that's an amazing pair to set up. Um, you know, like we mentioned, we can get a Hank pair, we get a bronze warden pair, and then <clears throat> you go to the nine gold turn. That's where you level the four and you buy a thing, and you usually play very conservative with your economy because. This is the point, or maybe the, or maybe during your rolling on tier three, you've frozen the triple. This is the point where you say, okay, that's the six. <clears throat> so let me just level the four, buy a thing. Your board is already full. So you're holding that thing in your hand for economy. Yeah. And then the turn after that, you push to five and you cash in on the triple, you get the six drop. And your board is relatively full because you didn't, oh, let me sell the thing and buy the thing because you held it in your hand. Yeah. And now suddenly you have two more pairs you have a six drop and every time you roll one of those pairs might pop so it's actually quite fast that you've got to find the second six drop after that yeah i think it's really important to reiterate that um on that nine gold turn you're you're buying something and holding it right that's that's assuming that you're not like taking a ton of damage to turn before right like you're 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 relatively healthy right but you're holding that gold because if there's a good chance you're getting a free dragon next turn, right? There's a good chance one of your pairs will triple, right? Um, then you can buy that triple, either sell something, right? Sell whatever's in your hand or sell uh, something you don't want, and then level it and still have seven 
minions at the end, right? So if you hit the Caligos, you hit a Nadine or whatever, right? You're super, you're relatively strong that turn or or you will be strong in the following turns, right? But if you don't hold that card in your hand, then if you go for the Tribunal, you have six and you, it's the chance you lose a lot higher, right? You might get sniped, right? If you if you don't hit Caligos, you hit a Elise, right? Going second is really bad. You know, if you have a Nadine, going second is really bad, right? So having that full board that turn is really, is quite important, especially if you are feeling pretty strong. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. I was gonna mention it if you didn't, but you did, so I didn't have to talk, but yeah, I wanted to do that. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's pretty much just been it. Just pair gaming with dragons, pulling six drops, and hey, sometimes it's not meant to be, right? You get to zap the Kangar and the god knows what, and you're just like, okay, thank you, Bob. Um, but sometimes you hit that, and like the very next roll is like, oh, another one, right? Yeah. And that one's good. Yeah. So you essentially have two to three shots where you have your pairs, and you're like, okay, these are almost guaranteed to pop in the not-so-distant future because you're guaranteed a dragon on every roll. And, and you get to try to do something. And, and the main thing here, I'll stress that again, is in a no mech lobby where tier four strategies are weaker. So you're less likely to run into someone with just, oh, I have this 20 damage mech that is moduled and your guys are just going to run in and you're going to take a bunch of damage because you fought me in the mid game and you're trying to triple into sixes. Like I said, in the no mech lobby, most people are trying to triple into sixes because the mid game is a lot weaker for everyone. And Ysera just has that almost guaranteed shot at six drops, where the other heroes, they still need to get lucky enough to hit the pairs, right? And if you're not a Maya, if you're not a Rafam, that is not that easy, right? You're still just sitting there like, well, I, I hope I find pairs, I guess, question mark, right? Yeah. And Ysera just gets the dragon guaranteed. So there is a reasonable uh, reasonable chance you are finding the Caligos on the, uh, what is it, Tetan Gold turn there. So that's turn eight, right? Turn eight Caligos. Yeah. But a, a board full of dragons is pretty powerful. I want to mention sometimes you're me and you uh you level to six. <laughs> that Ysera is one of the best heroes that can really utilize being at six, right? Since it opens up Amalgadon opens up Caligos that you can just randomly get, right? So many a couple well, not so many, but there's been a couple of games where I don't have a direction, you know, I'm playing Ysera, da da da. I love it a six because I'm like, whatever, I don't care. I'm you know, and then bam, instant double Caligos. I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm in. I'm <laughs> I'm done. You know, so uh especially if you can get away with it, let's say there's a dead person in the lobby or you're very healthy. You tripled into like an Eliza or something, so you're 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 fairly safe. Um, you know, getting to six and rolling on six has a lot of benefits in and with this hero as well. So I just want to you mentioned that is an opportunity. Be aware, you know, of your discretion advice, right? You can instantly die. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not something I say. Go you Sarah does every game, but if you have the opportunity, being on six with this hero is really, really strong. For sure, yeah. It's it's like you're in the candy store at that point, right? It's like, ooh, I'm just rolling into more Caligos. Amazing. Uh, also, just like rolling into Razorcore, right? That's yeah. also just like, on oh, five, cool. yeah. Rolled really into Razorcore. Yeah. Nice, great. It's like, oh, and I happen to have six dragons on my board. Well, how convenient. Yeah. So it's instantly a unit when it comes yeah. out. That happens when I like triple into Nadina, and I'm just like, well, I guess I roll on, I roll on five because I can hit the three six and I can hit the Razor Gore, and those both are really, yep. really strong. So, um, for sure. 
Yeah, early Nadina synergizes so incredibly well with Enforcer. Yeah, I, I had a game where I won, where I, I started with Nadina, and then I just rolled for the Divine Shields. And then I, I like leveled like three turns <laughs> later to a Kelly Ghost, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I made it work, and I won. I had, a, I had an almost win where I had no Kelly, and I just had, what was it? Like a Golden Hank. Hey, golden uh... yeah golden hank. <laughs> wait 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 i'll say it again golden hank was my biggest unit right so you can it wasn't like insanely big but i just had two nadinas and if you if you especially if you argus like a divine shield dragon that is so incredibly consistent because like you know nothing's getting sniped at the start and then it just goes from there right you just uh you have a big razor you have a big hank it gets the value trade then reshields later on so it is deceptively strong how small how relatively small your dragons can be if you have enforcers on the board and you have nadinas like it's just people go like wait i lost to this what the hell yeah really nice so you know just um another option if you don't get exactly what you want in the hero selection your is not bad uh especially when mechs are out but even then you can still pick it up right like yeah, it's I a mean, fun hero. Gonna... That's another thing. It's a fun hero. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes you gotta look at the fun factor. We don't really talk about the fun factor in, in this show. Which you I wanna think be associated with the fun factor? I no. would love to be associated with a fun factor, but we don't do that here that often. But this is a fun hero. So. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, anyways, um our next topic. Okay, this is is uh, I wanted to talk about Blood Gems and how they've kind of adjusted the power level of some cards. So I've noticed that no one really plays Zap anymore uh, because you play Zap and you're just like, well, it doesn't do anything because the Blood Gems have already like fixed the problem for you. And at so yeah. many games, I'm seeing Cave Hydra Endgame where I'm like, there's no way they buff this normally. <laughs> It's just they transferred their blood gems to this, and I'm just like, Hydra is on some juice, man. Like, that's not at all natural Hydra. I fought them the last turn, they had nothing, no clears. (laughs) Now it's just a gigantic Hydra. I know there's something funky here, you know. And and uh, I remember earlier, or we were t- before the um, before the, the Quillboards, we were talking about Hydra and how it could be a trap, right? Oh, you know, sometimes you get a Hydra and Hurley and you can't buff it. It's just a trap. Da, 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 da. Now it's like, oh, you have a Hydra and you have some blood gems. Ah, you put it in there. Give it to them. Have a clue. You know, it's, it's not a problem, really. And I've seen way more Hydras these days because um, you're able to just buff it, cleaves and stuff like that, right? Um, you know, Full Reaper is the same, right? But Full Reaper, people buff... Like, Full Reaper is more organic a lot of the time, where you're like, ah, they, yeah. they were playing Menagerie. <laughs> it's fine. I'm I'm okay with that, right? Where Hydra just comes out of nowhere. It's, and 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 so many times in Alec here, I just, like... It, I remember these games so clear, right? They had nothing. Next turn, Alec here, Divine Shield, Wind Fury. That's, like, five minions off of my board. And I'm just like... <laughs> I'm dead. So it's uh it's uh pretty interesting uh, how blood gems have changed like some heroes. Another thing is um in the early game sometimes um I'm putting blood gems to kind of get minions past like a certain like threshold where they can two for one or something like that, right? Cuz when you have like a 
like a one two or or a one three or something like that right that 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 really dies to everything a lot of times but you have a two four right that can trade sometimes you have like a three four and you make it a four or five right that can trade uh really well with with things so there's a lot of like those small brackets where like the extra one one does a lot of value right so like it it's similar to the demon the demon buffer right so when you have a two four and you buff it with a make a four six right that now yeah. is so much better than the two four because it's able to trade with so many different things right you're able to do that a little bit easier when you have blood gems just put on some something uh you think will be small but relevant in your game plan and then uh it ends up trading two for when that happens a lot and then also with um like Baron Rivendare and stuff like that. Sometimes I put it in there, right, to prevent Zap, so Zap coming once again, or prevent uh, these things. I've also done it with like uh, the egg, or right? I put one on the egg, and like, okay, I can, I can now like, it's very easy to trigger the deflect, though, right? I can just have this egg always gonna attack first, so I don't have to lose, um, I don't yeah. have to risk it. It's where sometimes you have like a deflector and an egg, and you're like, "Well, I hope the egg dies before <laughs> the deflector gets hit." Or I hope right. I hope the sensei hits the egg. Or yeah, something or, like or something like that, right? Yeah. So, well, with with a blood gem, you're like, "Okay, don't have to worry about that anymore." So, there's a lot of like small little things that have made quality some, of life things yeah. you can do for sure. Yeah. and I I do have to say that Zap got screwed. <laughs> Like, yeah, like the the one like real benefit was that was like oh i can kill baron i can like snipe uh something you know or, or whatever before they get to skill now you you run as zap and you're just like eh, it doesn't do anything yeah. they they have like, an answer uh, pirate scam end game is buy a bacon relaxer right to make sure your yeah. baron doesn't get your yeah. baron and your chads don't get targeted yeah or you can you can even use it to run a regular chat but you put it to three health so you can run Baron and Ghoul. And Ghoul, yeah, exactly right. You can put on the Cadgar, so yeah, that's very true, so that they they survive. It's very flexible, and and yeah, Zap is the big loser where, although I I saw, um, this was actually kind of funny, I saw Saf doing the exact thing we described, but then the other guy's playing a Mega Zap with a bunch of gems. (laughs) (laughs) He just stacked everything anyway, which is pretty funny. I guess that's one way of doing it. Just run a gigantic Zap. Oh it's yeah, because no one it. puts no one puts the blood gems on the zap, right? Like if yeah. uh, then but it's it's not really like if you're playing scam comp and like specifically there, if the scallies are still the lowest attack, the combo still goes off, right? Mm-hmm, so it's still right. pretty good. But yeah, there there are some uses for it, but it, it did get screwed because it's so easy to now say, oh, I'll just make this my lowest attack minion, and if that gets sniped, I don't care. Yeah. It, it also it also helps um some scaling um like directional scaling units that don't get the scaling itself right like sometimes i have like charles and nomi and then like at the end i'm keeping the nomi and i'm just like it's big enough like i can just keep this for the rest of the game now where normally like at the end it's like ah i have to sell my 4-4 nomi right it's not that good right but when your nomi is like 2020 golden nomi you're like so ah, you've been You've been playing Flat Tusk Nomi then, or what? Or like no, 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 like just a Charles or some random thing. With oh, a tra- yeah, wait, yeah. Charles? No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like you get player. a you get a six, 
and it's a Charles and you're just like, I, and you're, and you're like, and you have a Nomi and you're like, okay, Charles will make my minion strong enough that the Nomi will scale without taking too much damage. And then you get there. So the point. That's where we play very different. Yeah. When I'm playing Nomi, I never go to five, right? I feel like going to five. Never go I to really... five. How do you get the golden Nomi if you're never going to five? Triple. You, tri so you, tri this is you three I triples and you always. This is, what I, usually say. this is what I usually say, right? <laughs> by the time. And I've seen you do it, and I absolutely hate it, right? But by the time you have secured your golden Nomi, it's time to sell Nomi. What? That's what I usually say, on average, right? Now, once again, the way how you play the game, your game sense, your exceptional discomfort with greed, <laughs> make you get away with it more often than you should. But honestly, for everyone listening, don't go to five when you're playing Nomi. It makes no sense, right? What are you trying to do when you're playing Nomi? You're trying to triple your elementals. Where are the ones you want to triple? They're on tier four. You want the divine shield guy. You want the cleave guy, right? You, you want the five, the four, four. Uh, That's that the only one. Okay, look at it this way, right? You get what? A Nomi and the four, four, and what? 17 other bad minions you don't want? You get faceless and for for more Nomi. Nomi and, yeah, for no. And no. you can easily triple with uh with huge minions right so let's say you have like that that uh, wildfire right it's like 30 30 right you just buy one and then you target it and then bam instant golden right and it's 60 60 still pretty good yeah it's not 90 90 whatever but that's still 60 60 and you get like a genie or something from the shop it's great you know there's a lot of you know this no helps the triple unit. <laughs> staying on tier four and not yeah. spending seven gold leveling. Yeah. I'm not spending seven gold leveling probably maybe okay, like so five. How are you getting how are you getting your two extra nomies in time if you're waiting until it's like five or four okay. gold? Sometimes I get I get two nomies on four. And then I'm tired of running two copies of Nomi and I want a golden one. So I just level to five and then get the golden one. And then I have a free slot for an extra one. But if you're running two, are you not already winning the fucking game? I, I, and aren't you strong enough to run five units? And I want to win harder. Come on. I don't want two <laughs> random Nomi. That's what I want you to say, right? <laughs> it's not the right play. I just like big numbers. Big numbers. It's, go it's, boom. it's the right play because I win with style. And if you're going to win, how, how else are you supposed to to win you gotta win knowing that I there was no it. chance your opponent could Fair. beat you, you know? Fair. <laughs> i'm boring that way i like to up my percentage right? so i got if i, I had like, double i'm staying up for i it, like crushing sure. their spirits yeah that's that's how we all right good talk good talk anyway nah, yeah. blood gems made um made cleaves better but made uh zap a little bit worse it also fixes some early game uh, numbers where you can two for one and also uh, fixes some things with like Baron and Cadgar stuff where you can do like goal composition with scams without like scared about losing your Cadgars and things like that. Uh, I, I think a big winner, like when we're talking like Blood Gems, especially mid game is Alakir, where yeah. not, o not only do you just have a big thing on far left, which is always good for Alakir, you just need a big thing for the hero power. It's so easy when beasts are in. It's like, ooh, this brute has been gathering all the gems. Oh, there's a Hydra. There's a transfer thing. Oh, 40 40 Hydra in the mid game with Wind Fury clear. It's just like, oh, it's just, it kills five minions before they go, right? It's just like, chunk the taunt and the guy next to the taunt, chunk in the middle. All right, five things dead. Your turn. Right? And they're just like, oh, I'm taking 25 here minimum.
Yeah, I haven't really so. talked about heroes. What heroes have won? Like gotten better since what gems have yeah. added? Maybe I'm George. So Alakir well. is huge. George. So what George does is so Bonker. I don't love Bonker right now, but on George is great because you shield him and you know he's so he's worth. He's so get so the my two problem with time, right? yeah. yeah yeah my problem with Bonker is you start investing in the Bonker and a mid game you're just like. Now I have this bonker. Yeah. It's got gems on it. Yeah. And I need to look for the 3-3. Three, three, and yeah. I'm not finding the 3-3. Three, three, and I should actually sell this bonker. But I've invested in it. Da, da, right? And George is like, hey, give a divine shield. It's it's good to go, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a big thing with divine shield. That's what you want, right? That's so for George, absolutely, right? George specifically with bonker and just the gems in general makes his hero power better. Um I, I don't know if yeah. I'm missing one. Well, George Alec um, here makes sense because they have got yeah, the divine yeah, shield. Of course. Reach, right? Yeah, of course. I think just um, the start with the Bacon guy as well enables for some cool power leveling strats because you start with Bacon guy, you sell it to level to three on five gold, and then if you open a shield, all of a sudden it's like boom, plus two, plus two. And you might even already win the next round, even though you leveled last round. It, it reminds me of the Blood Jump hero. Yeah, you just get that. Yeah, trade. Give me a shield next turn. I've had that game uh, where I I did that exact curve, and I got the shield, and it was like, ah, I'm pretty much the blood jump guy. It's like stabilized now. Yeah, Yeah. I'm all good. Yeah, pretty nice. Um, next topic we shall be talking about is pairs in the quill bore patch. You know, do we still do it? The answer is yes. We still pair game over here. It's a... okay. All right, end of topic. <laughs> you, you were all curious. Yes, we, we like pairs. I, I still, it's it's because like sixes are still really good, especially with Flat Tusk in, in there, Eliza in there. You know, uh, sometimes Kelly goes, sometimes just get a like Imama gas coiler stabilization, boat stabilization, right? It's still, still good. And just, um, I, um, I really think probably what we're talking about is like what pairs are good, right? Like uh, in, in, in terms of uh, what's going on. We talked earlier about how, um, well, I talked about how Mug and Jug, right? They, they throw me off a lot of times because the triple with them are so, it's so, well, it's so good, right? Triple Mug, I mean, triple Jug. It's so good, especially if you have a brand. But if you have a brand, then you probably don't care. Like at that point, you're just like, I'll just roll. It doesn't matter. But so you usually don't have a brand. But um, if you can triple it, right, it's a lot of value. It's basically it's a huge power spike. And a lot of my games is, is with a jug. But you have to be very careful where it's like, OK, I can hold this like one turn. Or like yeah. you know one and a half. It's it's always the issue is like ah always just one more. Always yeah. one more. <laughs> that's one weird. more. You start rolling you're like. <sighs> I mean I don't. Uh, we can probably. Uh, we want the last one right. Uh, one more. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 relatable. That's yeah. basically me there, right? And we did talk about throwing color. That's probably an example of a of a good prayer where it doesn't yeah. really fall off, even if you have two copies of it, right? You're still getting value every turn. It still does does work for you. You can synergize with it. So, um, being aware of what pairs you can keep, what pairs are good, what pairs you should throw away, what pairs you shouldn't even try to get, right? Like. Like Scally Pair is one that you particularly don't like, right? Where it's like, ah, you know, why would I triple a Scally? It's essentially making it weaker, and you're not getting that much of a value. So why, 
why look for that you know um, especially if you're you know you, you're looking for eliza why are you tripling your scally to <laughs> no eliza doesn't make sense uh, i mean like to be fair like a disclaimer if you're playing my ever reform sometimes that's the play right yeah it's like well I get, you know, because you need six drops and sometimes the game gives you two skellies, you buy two skellies. But yeah, conventionally speaking, on other heroes, you don't go out of your way to buy two skellies, right? Because, or if you, if you have them, you don't want to triple them if you have an Eliza. So it's just, um, I, I think pairs have always been good just because, well, pairs have always been the way to get triples and triples have always been good. Let's. <laughs> Paris yeah, can, yeah. can throw you out to drive, but triples, you know, they're reliable. And uh, sometimes when the meta isn't reliant on getting like high tier minions, I remember with um, the demon meta and stuff where the power spike was at Tavern 3. Like you didn't need, you didn't need triples that much, right? Because you could just go to 3 and then roll and get it. And that was fine. Especially, and so, also, I remember like super early with Light Fang. Some people would just level to five and roll. Like if you got to, um, if you got the triple on four, that was fine. But if you got, just rolled on five, that was also fine. Right? It wasn't like necessary to get the triple to win the game, right? You could just roll it into it. But sixes are a lot harder because you open up the window of other people buying a ton of fives and like hitting you really hard, or someone else getting a six and hitting you really hard, right? Like it's a lot easier to to like roll and like. No one, well, that's not true, depending on the hero, but it's not very common for you to like stay on one and get a two triple. Like, oh, I need it. I need this two triple super early. I'm going to stay on one, right? Because you can yeah. just level the two and there's no, you're not taking damage, right? Um, same thing with like uh, threes, right? You can just level the three and you're not, you're not taking that much damage where you, you're like super scared, right? But once you get to five and six, right, then you start taking a lot of damage because people have fives and six, right? So they're hitting you really hard. So um, you need, if you want to get a six, you've got to get the six through a triple, right? You can't just like with every hero, just level the six and then roll into the six and then win. So um, that's why the pairs are doing are, are still really relevant. They've always been relevant, but um, even now, right, with with Hooktus, with Eliza, with Kelly Ghost, with um, even Charles, right? There's a lot of good sixes that once you get them, you feel strong. So um, it's very easy to have like one pair or two pairs sometimes, and just like hope, see if you can get the triple. If you don't, well, you can still you know stay on four, maybe go for. A, a ton comp or whatever but if you do get it then you have direction then you have this like okay i can do this i can make a comp from here right flat test agam bam i've won right so um i do like i do think pairs are still relevant they'll probably still be relevant i think the game's kind of designed on pairs being relevant um uh in in this and I, i'm not like that's not surprising I, I think that's just the normal function of auto battlers in this uh yeah, yeah like so. it's things get stronger when you triple them yeah so uh, not too so so for me it, i guess it's more how relevant are they compared to um previous metas right so when i'm, when well, I'm i've always back, been a pair gamer let's be honest yeah so. i know yeah you're you're always going hard right for the win and you, you gotta have your pairs to do that but if i'm looking back on the spell meta a lot of it was the pair isn't as important that's true to just be strong enough yeah. to be on tier five so you can level to six, right? That was prize gaming five. over there. Yeah, that <laughs> was prize gaming. 
you're just, you're just trying to be strong so that you can abuse the prizes to be on the correct tavern tier, which is pulling a six. And then you get the meta app, you get the post prize meta, which at least for me, right? Like it was just taunt comp fiesta. And then if you're playing taunt comp, who cares about triples? Like you pull a five, yeah, maybe a void lord's okay, right? But a lot of it is just let me be strong. I want to have a good mid game. And then now with the Quillbore meta, once it's settled a little bit, right? The dust has settled, Charlie got nerfed, et cetera, et cetera. The big winner here is Flat Tusk, where you see, oh, the meta really revolves around getting an Agam and a Flat Tusk, because that engine is just unbeatable when it comes to stats. You have to scam it. And then because it buffs shields, it buffs cleaves, it's really hard to scam. Uh, and, and the Agam grows to stupid proportions as well, right? The Agam gets like 120 health or something dumb if you have like a golden boar and a flat dusk. You're like, oh, plus three, plus three, plus three, plus three, plus three, plus three. And sometimes it buffs itself as well. Yeah. So when, when you know that that is really, really meta, then the value of pairs, at least for me, goes up. Because how do you get a flat dusk? You triple into it, right? It's rare that you level to six, then roll into Flatus, then roll into Agam. It can happen, of course, right? <laughs> sure, right, right. It, can, it can happen, but the vast majority, the vast majority of Flatusks are going to come from a triple. So for me right now, they're more important than they were before. And I think the most important thing is how do you set them up? How much HP do you lose? And, and then afterwards, of course, you got to evaluate when is it time to give up on the dream? When is it time to ditch the pair? So I've been I've been huge, huge, huge on tier one pairs because they're so easy to set up. So what what I love, let's say I'm playing a hero like Yogg or Zyrella, those heroes can stay on tier one an additional turn and the curve is not awkward. So it is way more likely that you get two Selementals, two Rock Pulls, two Micro Mummies. You want to get the ones that are either good for economy or they're good on the board, right? So Rock Pull is effectively a three... Shady froze. Hey, that's new. I've not had this happen before. Uh, but hello, chat. Uh, oh, he's back. You froze for like uh, 10 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I don't it know was what's fun. There. That may have been it was connection. hilarious. I was, I was alone. It's never happened, so. Okay, that was weird. Uh, yeah, but that, that might be my fine internet provider. <laughs> I'll just repeat for, for anyone who misses where like you are looking to get good tier one pairs, right? So either pairs that have economy attached to them, like Murloc Tidehunter's Selemental, or things that you really like playing on the board, like Micro Mummy Rock Pools. But I've also been enjoying Micro Machine because if you get it really early, it's actually okay-ish, right? And then a golden Micro Machine with a module on it can stay the whole game, essentially, because it's just self-scaling. It's a lot of damage. It's essentially poisonous at some point. Now, <clears throat> you might say, well, why not tier two pairs? The question there is, well, are you going to be able to set them up? Because a lot of the time, the way how I get my tier one pair is, you, you might you might have the situation yourself where you have two mummies in the shop, but there's no token, and you're just like, huh, is that worth? Should I do that? Eh, I'll just like buy one, or I'll let the shop go, and I'll just buy two two drops. Whereas for me right now, I would much rather have two micro mummies than taking the chance of Bob giving me like spawn plus good two drop because there is a very good chance that you open that shop and you're like, what is this garbage? <laughs> like, do you expect me to buy this? Whereas 
if you have two micro mummies, not only is it okayish on the board, right? They're buffing each other to two, two, and then three twos, but you also now have that shot at the flat task, right? Or the shot at the Eliza early, where now you can build around that. Where I wouldn't recommend getting too many tier one pairs, right? Sometimes you can carry two pairs, but most of the time it's just going to be one pair, and then the rest of your board you're just working to be strong, so you can carry the pair. And then when you hit the triple in the shop, you level to five, you cash it in either next turn or this turn, and suddenly you're in the running for first if you have the flat task and you can now look for the agon. I, I would mention that probably Micro Mummy is one of the few one drops where you can just be like, I'll just take that pair and then like, let's go I'll do from it with there. Ellie's. I'll do it with Acolytes. I'll do it with okay, wells. okay, acolyte as well. So acolyte and Celius are tokens, right? So they they don't count. <laughs> yeah, okay, but Merlock Tidehunter, right? Merlock Tidehunter. Alley Cat's a bit weirder because you have like, two one ones on your board, but I still do it sometimes. We're just like, oh, whatever, it's economy. Yeah, okay, acolyte and micro machine. Those are the, I think those are the two like standalone where you can just just take two and be like, yeah, because well, two rock pools, right? Fine. Uh, okay, so like um. Let's say I start with a token and then I get like two acolytes in the shop. I I, yeah. I sometimes freeze that and just take that. And then same thing with snap freeze for me, right? Yeah, now. It, like I don't I don't even have to think about yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Sometimes, sometimes for me, I I like the risk. <laughs> Micro mummy, I can see as well, right? Like uh, the murloc, the the two three murloc. I I don't think I would like necessarily freeze for. That's what I'm saying. Like uh, that's fair for me. Snap freeze right now. Yeah. Like I, I'll take it. Snap. Okay, yeah. so. A little bit different than for us, where you would take that. But I think there. Well, are, there I said, I've been playing hyper aggressive yeah, for yeah. that six, and it just increases the chance so much. I understand. If you get it, if you get it on that shop, because if you're not getting it on that shop, you have to get lucky along the way, right? Yeah. So when I see the pair presented to me early, I'm like, great, that's that. You know, I can check that box with like pair acquired. I now have a shot, right? I just run four pairs anyways. Like I <laughs> you just threw out the gift. So I you know, I guess that's how I do it differently where I just happen to have a bunch of pairs. They're just not always tier one pairs, right? I do agree that tier one pairs would be um a lot easier versus uh, you know, having a, a tier three or a tier four, which I sometimes happen to have and I'm rolling and then like it's you know, you don't hit it and you're it's it's more of a struggle. You know, another yeah. thing, when you froze I was I was literally like, What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> More um, awkward. Yeah, I was like, huh. Like, do I just are we done? <laughs> no, I was technical <laughs> difficulties. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, but yeah, it, it was I it hadn't happened before. I haven't had to do with this, so it was it was quite novel. I was like, huh. But yeah, um I do think that's um interesting discussion on Paris where we kind of have a slightly different mentality where you like getting the pair immediately and then just making sure that your transition to making the triple is very smooth where sometimes I like to play with risk where, um, you know, if, if I don't love the, the early triple, I'll just like roll yeah, and hope I, I yeah, get, yeah, get higher tier triples, you know, sometimes my first triple sure. is like a tavern five double, like a tavern five minion. And I'm like, yeah, 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 right. you know, I'm sitting there now for sure. <laughs> Okay. yeah so it, it's, it's can sometimes be very different but i i do think in in essence it is the same right get the triple uh because the tier sixes are so strong and then use that to uh 
and then the game. I, I guess like another thing to talk about is because this is like the the scenario where it works right you get the pair right and you get the six and then everything's fun but what if you don't hit it right so the usually what i'll be so so ideally especially if you're playing so like omu is a master at this right omu is a master at getting two tier one units on the board and then just every turn level five yeah. right and then eventually oh triple in the shop level to five grab the six right that is the perfect turn where you your omu your i don't know exactly what turn it is like is it uh, nine gold i think no, nine it's gold, like eight gold. gold sometimes uh I th- yeah oh, i feel that's if you're getting a five yeah yeah my oh yeah so or my you usual double token, slow, yeah. my usual slow move curve i think it's nine or ten gold right like you just okay. you level you level you get the triple out of the shop boom perfect money you didn't have to sell anything off your board and you have the eliza or you have the flat tusk or whatnot and it's just perfect yeah. but then it's it's that particular turn and i feel like that's what's clicked for me in the meta where you're you're on track you're like okay this is the part where i level and get the triple but the triple's not there stay on four for one more round and just roll a bit and that's where you prevent that mayday going down and for my triple i right? just level and like yeah call uh, uh, them buy some mama bears and stabilizers right <laughs> But most people don't have that kind of skill where, yeah. you know, they, they don't hit the triple, they're dead, right? So yeah. most of the time, like myself included, I do much, much better where I have my triple. I'm in a position to go to five and pull it, but it's not there. Like I wasn't able to find it on the way. I wasn't able to freeze it yeah. or it didn't magically appear in yeah. the shop when I leveled. Because yeah. a lot of times like, I go in the shop. Come on, Bob, come on, in the shop, in the shop. Let's go straight six, straight six. And then it doesn't show up. And then you just start rolling and you just say, okay, I'm I'm going to do a couple of things, right? So depending on what's in or what's out, you can start and depending on what's already on your board, you can start to make plan B where let's say you were able to pick up a thorn collars and maybe you have a divine shield. You could say, well, I have my pair. I'm just going to leave that for now. I'm going to try to keep that intact and just build around the five slots I have and play a shaker with a divine shield and a thorn collar. And then the next turn, or if at the end of my rolling turn, I'd sit suddenly in the shop, as it usually is with like one gold left. Bob is like, oh, you look over this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you freeze it. That's fine. Right? Just, just burn the gold, freeze it. And then the turn after, level by, try to get the flat tusk, and suddenly you have your shaker and, and you're fine. You can also just say, oh, let's just buy strong standalone minions on the way. So, hey, I can buy my egg. I can buy maybe an matron, right? Or I can maybe buy a high main because... I do have some weaker minions on my board and I have that pair that I'm carrying. And then next turn I can roll and see if I hit my triple without taking a bunch of damage. So that for me has been so much better than saying, ah, fuck it, we'll just go to five and we'll find the next turn. Because man, if you don't find a next turn, it's really bad. Right? Yeah, You're, it definitely you just die a lot of the time. <laughs> so or that's you, been increasing my consistency so much. Or you have single-digit health and you luckily fight the dead guy. Then you roll into the yeah. the triple on that death shop and you transform your composition fighting the dead guy. And then by the time you come out of there, you're significantly stronger than everyone in the lobby. Hey, yeah. that could also happen. But, you know, more, most of the time you die. I just... <laughs> <laughs> and, and strategies strategies do change based on a ghost in the lobby, right? Sometimes I'll say in my cell, like, fuck it, there's a ghost, right? <laughs> Just like, I'll tank this turn, I'll tank this turn. Next turn, I'm what's one and two or one and three to get the ghost, depending on who yeah. moved in the bottom, uh, right? The game's trying to kill you, Shady, so you never yeah, get yeah, the ghost. One, one and two means you're not getting it. <laughs> <yet. So. laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so for, for, for anyone listening who doesn't know how the ghost system works, maybe a little update, right? The bottom three players are eligible to get the dead guy to go. Except for you. Yeah, except for you, right? Um, so, but there's there's no real, I don't want to say there's no logic behind it, but there's no fairness behind it, I'll put it that way, because yeah. someone might be in the bottom three for three turns straight, and then let the top guy took like 20 is like slide right in, hey, taking your ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so frustrating. You're like, how is he getting in the bottom three the whole time? So there's no fairness behind it whatsoever. All it does every time is check did you get the ghost last time? I think it's two turns. Need to yeah, be in two between, turns. Yeah. Right? Yes. You have two turns where you're not eligible to get a ghost if you had the ghost before. So that's the criteria, right? If you had the ghost before, you don't count. And are you bottom three? I will. So it doesn't matter how long you've been down there. I so. will mention that there have been the first person that dies, sometimes it resets. So I've had the situation happen where I killed the eighth place person. Then something happened. And then I fight them again. Like the yeah, yeah, that's that's normal because they weren't a ghost. So you don't get them as you kill them, uh. but you don't have that two-turn cooldown because they weren't a ghost. You just don't fight them because they were your opponent last time. I think that's how it works. Yeah, because yeah, normally if they didn't die, I wouldn't fight them the turn afterwards, yeah. right? Yeah. But so since they died, it's yeah. like it resets and now I can fight the ghost again. It's like, okay. For sure. You just have one round where you can get the ghost yeah. if you're the one that made the ghost and then you can get the ghost afterwards, yeah. which is amazing. Right? Like, First, I will kill you. Now I will use you to get the tier six. It also resets when it's top three. So once you get yeah. to top three, it resets again. So even if uh, you fought the dead guy, uh, then it, you become top three. You can you can end up fighting him like right afterwards or, or the turn right. the turn. I haven't after. seen much of that, but oh, yeah, those are the that. two like inconsistencies with the reset that I've seen a lot. When you once you get into top three, the the ordering becomes weird, and if you're the one who created the 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 dead guy, that then it also becomes weird. So those are the two like yeah. nuances, I guess, uh, to it as well. But anyways, we've talked about Paris quite yeah. a bit. Uh, but I, I think it's always fun to talk about it. Next topic we have is identifying the lobby leader. You know, sometimes you're playing a game, you're a little bit hurt. You're like, huh, who's winning, right? A lot of times it can be easy, right? If the dude's at 40 still and he's dealing 20 plus to everyone else. Well, <laughs> that's pretty easy, right? But sometimes... Um, you know, everyone's a little bit lower, right? People are all like, I've had games where like seven people are single digit HP, right? And you're just like, wow, you know, who's, who's winning? Who's the leader, right? And that one, it takes a lot. Of, uh, it takes more information where you have to look at, um, you know, what comp they're playing, how much damage they're dealing, who are they fighting, right? What, what, how your opponent did against other people's opponents, right? That's the, like the, the more like in-depth where you're looking at your opponents and how they're doing against other people to, to, to kind of judge for yourself. Okay. What they get stronger next turn. Okay. According to my logic, they had like double Caligos, 
the but they just got it right so next turn they're going to be insane oh they lost still hmm i wonder that means the other guy must be so much stronger oh he's playing elementals that means he must have a gigantic elemental in the front so maybe yeah. i should just run you know poison there even though i wasn't playing on it just because i he actually beat the double caligos guy and i think that's that's going to be my answer to defeat you know like that kind of stuff is a little bit more harder to just tell like, like, um on on that note, but sorry for on that note, <laughs> the best thing is when somebody smacks you for twenty. It's like an absolute beast, and then somebody just one shots him for twenty five. You're like, oh, yeah. how did <laughs> the other guy want the hell? Dude, it's so annoying sometimes. Where I'm like, it's like turn turn nine or turn eight and they hit me for 16 and i'm like oh my god why did you ruin my game and then the next turn they die <laughs> and i'm just like what, what? what happened to yeah. you <laughs> you screwed me and then die <laughs> it happens so often <laughs> It's usually an Omu that's just got like two Ragnaros, two Genies, two Guards on the board. It's like, yeah, everything's six stars. Yeah, you didn't kill anything. I'm sorry, bro. You're dead. Oh, man. So I, 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 I do think it's, um, it's, it's a pretty important ability to be able to notice when someone's strong because um, there are games where it's like, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling like maybe this is like a second place, maybe top four. And then you, you look at who you're fighting and they're dealing a lot or... You know, they have like, you know, double pirates, you know, oh, double pirates yeah. it's, you know, or triple or three pirates or, or something. And you're like, huh, I'm going to die. <laughs> let me change. Let me go full out. Let me play myself. Let's, let's just go. I'm trying to survive here. Yeah, I, you know, where it, it can be very um, uh, surprising sometimes where you're playing games, you, you, you look at them and then the match starts, then you're like. Oh, I should have looked at his. I should have looked at his board and his damage though. <laughs> he dealt thirty six yep. the last player, and I did not notice that I was about to die here, and I should have played everything. Uh, you know, so and and those those little moments can be the difference between um, you getting like sixth place or you surviving with single digit HP, fighting the ghost. Him, he, the other person kills the next guy, and then you're top two out of nowhere. Right? There's been a lot of games where. I, I I feel like I don't deserve top two or something, right? Yeah, but your, your comp could have easily done worse. Right? Well, yeah, but because I was able to realize, okay, this guy might be the killer or the leader. I'm going to play. I'm selling my brand, you know. I'm going, you know, whatever. Selfless Baron, let's go, right? Every everything out on the fort, and I barely survive. I fight the ghost. I'm able to beat the ghost, and then. The other person takes out the other player and i'm like okay you know top two i'm happy i will take yeah. this you know that kind of thing so many games and, are and, like that and, and even in that situation it's it's really good even to just notice oh this guy is a monster right so that that means two things right i'm never ever killing him and the dude that's fighting him is gonna die so sometimes you're in a situation where you're against the ghost and you don't really know how strong the ghost is right he just died he probably just fought the monster, right? So you're like, it could be really strong, but it's just like no one's beating the monster, right? the number one in the lobby. So uh, I guess that's a bit more for me, the way how I play with Shaker Combats. Am I holding gems to try and go for first? Or am I just using my gems on the ghost to make sure I don't lose to the ghost? And in that situation, it's really useful to identify, okay, I'm never, ever winning because that guy is way too strong. 
and I'm always getting second here because the other guy is dead, right? So there is no reason to hold back anything against this ghost because this is my last fight that matters. If I win this, I'm second. If I lose this, I'm sure third. Right? Or how, two and a half. how many games have we lost to the ghost where I could have like played super? Oh, it happens, man. It happens. <laughs> I, I could have like... popped off and I was like, ah, it's a ghost. And then I'm like, I don't keep in mind that it was a disgusting individual that beat the ghost right so the 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 guy who the person who lost it could have been disgusting himself and i get i get surprised like oh wait i actually lost you wow i had like you know six cards in my hand yeah. you <laughs> just go like you died you died how did you die yeah. and you're like oh yeah this guy's and really, really really that's good. like lol you know haha lost to the ghost kick them Streamers just sitting there, kick away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and another thing, right? We, what if you're the lobby leader, right? Like, how do you play differently, right? If you are the um, the strongest in the lobby and you know it, right? Um, sometimes, right? Uh, very easy for me. Right? I just level, right? I just go level. You know, you're going to be strong. You're, you're you've got like, like I had a game where I had like, uh, what was it? Gold grubber, double and, and the token golden, right? I'm just leveling every turn because I'm like, well, you know, no one's killing yeah, my you get gold grubber. Yeah. Sure. Um, another thing that happens is sometimes um, games end quickly or, or, or something, or you think everyone's weak. <laughs> you know, like I, I've had this with like jugglers where I had like a golden juggler and like a full board of jugglers, and I'm just like, da 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 da, killed somebody who had a Caligus or whatever, right? And then I killed another person who had like, you know, who had the other six, right? And then everyone else is weak. And it's just like, oh, this game was so easy. I killed everyone. It's because you killed them before they get to scale, right? And then the other people are the people that didn't hit, that didn't get anything, right? So you just have like some random like juggler comp with like a bunch of demons that don't do any, that don't scale. But since your comp was strong enough to kill the people before they could scale, you end up being the strongest in the lobby. And that's something you have to rash, uh, realize. Because sometimes I'll see people run like a, a, a basic comp, but it's strong enough to kill somebody. And then like five people are left. And then I'm like just trying to s survive. And then I fight them again if they've swept, they've swapped their comp to a scaling comp. But then yeah. they're weaker than me now because they were, instead of just sticking to, with the, with the, the, the demons, they swap to some type of scaling, no me scaling or something. And then now they're weaker than me and then they die. And I'm just like, if you just ran so, demons over to the other one. I think in that respect, because I actually do that quite often, the person just did it wrong, but it feels really weird to do that transition right. Because I yeah, like I'm, yeah. the, I'm the master of jank on the board, right? Like I'm the master <laughs> of just like, uh, so this happens so often, right? Like, I kid you not, three turns of two Harbingers, two Acolytes of Cthune, and then Divine Shield or something else, like a Void Lord, right? And it's just me with a Caligos in my hand, buying dragons, buying battle cries, just stack, stack for three turns straight, and then boom, right? Suddenly the Caligos is a 20-20. And yeah, it doesn't make sense to transition when you have hand space and your current composition is stronger. But it does require you to be very comfortable with saying like, okay, even though it feels very counterproductive where, or mm. maybe not counterproductive is the wrong word. It feels awkward. Like, oh, I'm not doing anything, right? Or three but turns. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, three turns. Like, yeah. not uncommon, right? But that's specifically Harbinger because Harbinger is so good at 
giving you and a lot jugglers. of tempo. And jugglers. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You can have that as well. So it's just, you gotta, yeah, it's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive to sit there and actually be stronger by not doing anything. But especially if you are in a position where it's usually Caligos, but sometimes it'll be uh, maybe even Flat Tusk, Agon or something. But that's that's a bit of a weirder one because with Flat Tusk, you really don't want to be spending money and not having Flat Tusk on the board. So it's usually like a Caligos transition or maybe even a Ragnaros transition. Sometimes a Menagerie as well. I've sometimes too. Yeah, I like brand. Like sometimes you'll have yeah. a brand in the hand and you're just stacking like jugs and stuff. Yeah, or, and like, all right. And then in one turn, it's like, out with the Harbinger, out with the Harbinger, out with the Acolyte, out with the Acolyte, play the brand, yeah. play the thing, play the Primal Fin, boom, 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 and suddenly like 20 HP Murlocs. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the Murloc transitions uh, back from back in the day when it was like more common and everyone's going Murloc's way. You just have brand lookouts and then you just like waiting and waiting and then you're like, okay, let's go this whole Very fun to do, but it's challenging. It's definitely challenging. You gotta, it's gonna be frustrating at the start because you're gonna think you're gonna get it in and then you don't and you're like i died crap right yeah. so it is it is intimidating to say have seven eight cards in your hands in this game right but it is also rewarding when you get to the point where you get those transitions right and and the things that really help in that moment is know exactly what you're selling know exactly what you're playing and what order you're playing it because that's going to shave 20 seconds off your turn, right? You do not want to start that turn being like, okay, so which one am I selling? Because <laughs> then you're dead. Like you want to know exactly, right? You also want to know the order, <laughs> right? Am I, yeah, you, you want to you want to roll first or you want to level first to spend your money because you want to like sell, 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 sell immediately, right? To make the board space. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty useful skill. Um, I wouldn't say it's um super necessary or common or you're going to do this every game, right? But uh, definitely you'll you'll notice sometimes where you're really strong but um you you you're you're you if if you want to scale you would have to get weaker right so instead of getting weaker you just hold the pieces until you know you you have enough where you can match the power level of what you have right because if you can match the power level then as well as you're getting like extra seven gold or even 10 extra like you're getting so much extra gold that turn because you're also selling your board you're selling those uh you know your buffers or whatever as well right so that's a lot of time um and a lot of gold that you can use to get strong to get a, a stable board and then get strong that same turn but it takes it's a lot of APM, right? You got to take that time. So you, you do have to plan for it, but it's definitely something um, that can win you a couple of games where um, if you don't do that and you stick with the comp that you have, right? It, um, you know, it, you're, you're going to end up like being top four or something like that, right? But yeah, yeah so it, it is a good skill set to have as well as identifying the leader if it's not you, right? Just in general. Yeah. I guess another thing, like when you are leading the lobby, I think it's a lot easier to say, okay, how do I lose, right? That's a very interesting question to pose in that moment because you can get really caught up in making your guys bigger. And Colin's going to say, nah, always make your guys bigger. Always make your guys bigger. No, but sometimes... I mean, yeah. I, if okay. we're being serious. Or like, if we're being serious, yeah. right? So you, you could say like, okay, realistically speaking, no one's getting bigger than me. How do they beat me? poison right that's usually how people answer stats if they can't outscale them they're going to try to poison so then <clears throat> something that is brilliant right the counter that is let's say you have four really big things and you've had like a brand a buff slot and something that didn't really matter what you can do is like ghoul golden selfless baron like that's 
pretty much unscannable because you're going to, the ghoul baron's going to fry spores, even if they have divine shield, if it's a George, it's going to remove all their shields. The selfless is going to pop. You're going to put four shields on probably three out of your four dudes and the baron, or if you're lucky, four, your four big guys. And that's, that's quasi unscannable, right? So if you can get ghoul, selfless baron, or, you know, you don't even have to go that advanced. You can just have five big dudes, selfless baron. That is going to decrease the chance that you are scammable by so much. But sometimes it's too late because you were just, oh, buy more things, buy more things, more blood gems on the egg, and blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, oh, crap, I have no shields. This guy has poison divine shields. My 100, 100 died to a spore. And you're just dead. I've had that so, happen. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun, right? So if you are the lobby leader, you want in time to start building your scam protection where you say, all right, let's go get that ghoul. Let's go get those selfless. Let's find a baron. And then that's a very, very safe uh, three minions to add to your board. Uh, or if you do, if you really only have two slots, just baron selfless. But it's it's so rare that you have a minion that's better than baron when you have a goal of selfless. Because four, you know, four instead of two shields is a huge deal. Very, very true. But yes, I think uh, it's been a good, good uh, discussion. I think that is our... Our last topic, right? Yep, for the day. Uh, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too long. I think. Uh, I, I this. Sure. Yeah, this was a less topics than I usually have, but I think it was a, a good discussion. A lot of uh, interesting strategies uh, there. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Shady, for being here, and uh, always appreciate having you here. As always, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for hosting. Uh, no problem so everyone else thank you for the feedback and support the youtube comments and uh as always you can send whatever you want to hsbgpodcast at gmail.com and you can reach us at educated slash underscore collins at twitch and youtube youtube is the same not the same but find it anyways and shady uh same as always see you guys <laughs> if you want to see some more action like. yeah skip until the end i like it uh right. i don't know what i'm gonna do i think i'm gonna leave the technical difficulties in but uh i don't think it was uh, too big of a deal but i'll see you guys later take care of yourselves and have a nice rest of your day Bye.